0: down to the last comic shop in five four three two one
1: live from metron's furniture showcase it is now time for the last comic shop Got your Barker loungers over here They travel through time This one has a cup holder I want the Shays
2: lounge (laughs) That's right Uh, I I want the one with Got the little handle that you pull And it pops out the legs Yes
1: Yes My father's got himself a lazy boy With just (laughs) He doesn't even have to get up To eat his TV dinner That's right Oh Ryan will you put on The people's court for me Mm.
2: Family that has everything It's the Big Barta bed
1: The Big Barta come with it
2: well, we I
1: wish. <laughs> and as you say, if you go in the back room, they have OMAX suitcase ladies, too. <laughs> they
0: make the apocalypse toaster where both sides are the dark side. Oh! 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 It took me a while. Like, I've been thinking of it. I've been trying to. I've been like, well. All okay. right. It's the last comic
1: shop. I'm the host with the most, Andy Larson. I'm joined by Chad Smith, Jay Scott, and the wonderful Mikey Wood for another week. And if you haven't guessed, we're talking about more new gods, somewhat. It's not exactly a New Gods book. I know that we did Mr. Miracle a couple weeks ago, but this is a book that I think we've wanted to read for quite a long time because Chad has espoused his love of this book. It's almost like a Chad month. We read Mr. Miracle, now we're reading I this one, Chad. So Mr. Miracle is probably my favorite modern comic of the last 20, 25 years. And the book we're going to talk about today is probably my favorite team-up ever let alone favorite crossover team up ever and it's in the argument for best single issue story ever wow so what is it chad marvel and dc present the uncanny x-men the new teen titans oh yeah now i i was wondering i know that they did a lot of these crossovers through the 70s and the 80s we covered uh, you know superman spider-man on this show Was this like really like the last one for like a long time until like the 90s when they started teaming up again? It was uh, simply because after this was the JLA Avengers with uh, George Perez. And that one fell apart because there was actually supposed to be a sequel to this one. And what sure. we're talking about when we talk about JLA Avengers was not the one that they eventually made. But if you go back to our show, when we covered the one that they eventually made, Kurt Busick and George Perez, we talked about the fact that this crossover had been teased as, as, as early as the 80s, and then they never made it because somebody wrote the script, Marvel didn't approve of the script, and it kind of felt... Part, I think yeah that was what the pages were being made without authorization and then as with any of those crossovers both companies want to make sure their characters are getting an appropriate amount of shine and and they just couldn't come to an agreement so the project fell through and there was some
2: some bad blood amongst uh, the parties involved I believe it, it's essentially like uh, the fast and furious movies with Vin Diesel and the rock right <laughs> <laughs> They, I got to punch you five times. You can punch me four times. Yeah. <laughs> I believe the Batman Punisher crossover
0: was the next one that they, like it was that long in between them. I can confirm everything we've just set
1: up here. Our X-Men Teen Titans number two was to be done by Wolfman and Perez for Christmas 83. Uh, mm. Chris Claremont had even shared details of what was going on in the X-Men stories to help Wolfman write the script. But Perez was doing JLA Avengers, which fell apart. And then he didn't want to do any of that stuff, and so it wasn't until 1994's Batman Punisher Lake of Fire that DC and Marvel joined forces again, and they pumped out those crossovers
0: in the nineties. Like, what a scene. bummer to be, to be that—that's the first one that you did. To, to, See, look uh, at that—we pulled that all off of the top of our head. That's why you listen to our show. We actually do know what we're talking about. It's amazing. Any of and us was had amazing. sex? It's amazing. Like, it's amazing. <laughs> We have children, like we have proof that we've had sex. Like, it- Well, one thing
1: that uh, we also can prove is the fact that we have weekly polls, right? You can go out to our Twitter page and you can see not only them every single week, cause J.A. is nice enough to put out a new one, but you can go back and you can take a look at what the poll results were for previous ones. Or you can listen to our podcast periodically because J.A. is nice enough to do these poll recaps. Yes, over the course of December into early January, I think those were the last ones we didn't cover yet. uh, We had some really great polls and it's time that we deliver the results
2: to you. So, J.A., what's the first poll on today's program? Okay, so first poll was who looks best? In red and green So this is a Christmas theme Uh, There was some complaints that Mr. Miracle Was not one of the choices (laughs) But he comes later in a new poll So don't worry about the new gods We've got Robin, we've got Vision We've got Jean Grey And Poison Ivy oh all great picks mikey who'd you vote for
0: uh i voted for robin because i got to he's he walks around in those little tiny hot pants all the time that's awesome that takes a lot of ball like it takes a lot you know to wear pixie shorts and be confident in that yeah in honor of the book that we're talking about today because that that had the old naked leg robin uh,
1: yeah it did and a zoom in on the old crotchel area
0: that's right
1: All right, uh, Chad, who did you vote for? Uh, I also went Robin. I Believe it or not, I'm a huge Robin fan from uh, back in my youth when that was my dream. I never wanted to be the number one guy, but uh, Human
0: Shield, sure, why not? <laughs> that's funny, though, because you like you like Bucky, too. Yeah, you like all the number twos. He treats even number two like number one, so that's... <laughs> all right, Jay, who would you vote for?
2: I went with Jean Grey. You can't go wrong with a red head and a nice green suit. The phoenix, come on, from the ashes and the fire and all that stuff.
1: Well, there's no question who I voted for. That's Vision, like 100%. He's like in my top five. My son came in and he's like, Dad, why do you like all the robots? (laughs) I said, what do you mean? He's like, you like Vision, you like Machine Man, you like Doctor Doom. And I said, Doctor
0: Doom is not a robot, sir. I thought you meant like original Jean Grey, green miniskirt. Jean Grey. Oh, we've talked Ooh, about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she gave that uniform up, and then I guess Victor Von Doom found it at like Goodwill or something, <laughs> and he started wearing it. All right, this isn't a Doom poll. Any case, who won? Poison Ivy. Oh, <laughs> because... Really?
1: <laughs> Hotness goes a long way. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Oh, it it does. I mean, there. you gotta know your you gotta know your audience with these polls. A lot of them are I men. <laughs> That have been buying these comic books for years for certain reasons.
2: Anyways, this was the second poll. This was uh, around the many deaths of Lila Starr. Which comic book death had the most impact on you? Uh, Superman, Jason Todd, Jean Grey again, or Gwen Stacy? Wow. I mean, I went
1: with Gwen Stacy just simply because I'm a Spider-Man nut, and that. I mean, heck, they decided that that was the end of the Silver Age when they killed her. So like. It's the most important one of this list. I don't know. Chad, what did you think? Yeah, I've told this story before. When I started getting into into comic books, my cousin just handed me a stack of old school Spider-Man books. And one of those books was 122, which is the issue after Jean Grey's death. But it's Spider-Man confronting the Green Goblin as a result of it. And, uh, whew, boy it was a great book to get me emotionally invested in Spider-Man and what he's all about as he walks away as a young reader, it's had a huge impact. So Gwen Stacy's my answer.
0: All right, Mikey. Out of those things, I voted for Robin. That was a big deal when it happened, like the whole call in kind of thing. Like it did two things. It convinced me that like a whole lot of people still read comics because they gave the numbers. And it also convinced me that a whole lot of them are bloodthirsty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) like like they really they were i voted personally i voted for him to live i really i did it's true i called in the 800 number or whatever it was and i voted for him to survive and i've seen the pencils of the pages for where he survived and um it's better that he died (laughs) i will say mikey that
1: we were just talking off air about some of our favorite shows make sure you catch our interview with jim starlin on our year-end review uh, yeah. data recap and for the man who has everything that's a show that has everything but he talks about uh being the guy writing the book where he kills robin yeah yeah and, like what the reaction was and how like people were in mexico buying him beers
0: <laughs> oh wow but like he he kills off everybody doesn't he
2: all right jay what did you say I said Superman because I remember trying to buy all those black plastic Superman well, well, baggies. Yeah. <laughs> and now they're worth nothing. Yeah. Now you can find uh, them in the a
1: There's still value there. What was the eventual winner though? Uh,
2: the eventual winner, Gwen Stacy, 41%. All right, what was number three, J.A.? Best G.I. Joe baddie not named Cobra Commander. Ooh. You had your choice between Destro, Baroness, Zartan, Or Storm Shadow, which I've got to admit, Storm Shadow I thought was going to get a lot more votes than Storm Shadow got.
1: Well, as our G.I. GI Joe aficionado chat, aren't there certain circles which consider Storm Shadow a good guy or at least an anti-hero? Yeah, well, he has uh, swapped sides so many times. He's gone back and forth between G.I. Joe and Cobra. It depends on the storyline. So I could see where that could be a disqualifier. All right. Well, you are our aficionado. So what, who did you vote for? This is tough. This is like picking your baby. Like, I love the Baroness. I mean, that's affected how I, I see things. I love Destro with that chromed out face. Storm Shadow. How cool was it to have a bad guy in white? It's like the opposite of every Western ever. But the correct answer is Zartan. Ah. Not only does he lead the Dreadnoughts, he had that super awesome action figure with the little uh, swamp rider. Right. And he would change colors. He yes, had extra right. faces you could put on, which never made any sense. <laughs> they just fell right off. But he <laughs> he could change color in the, in the fridge. Mm-hmm. Well, that was the eventual winner, wasn't it, J.A.? Everybody agreed it with was, that. It was,
2: yes. Zartan beat out Destro 34 to 31%. Wow. wow! Did you vote for Zartan, J. A. You of loved his. Of course, character. I voted for Zartan. It was one of the action figures I owed. I didn't have a lot of GI Joes. I voted for one lady. She wears glasses and she wears black leather. I mean, what else do you.
1: Oh jeez. Mikey, get us out of this. Who did you vote for, buddy?
0: I I voted for Destro because it like it takes it takes a certain man to walk around with that shirt and giant chest medallion <laughs> post-1979. Like it takes a it takes a certain kind of man. Definitely channeling his inner John Travolta. Right. I don't know though,
1: man. He was supposed to be Scottish, but that cartoon accent was a weird Scottish accent. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right, what was number four?
2: best comic book movie of 2022 and uh no black adam did not qualify
1: ah uh, but we were kind we also didn't say anything about morbius we put those two together yes we, we, <laughs> plus we, it was we, only we, four
2: choices right i mean only really four choices yes so who, uh, what were so the four choices the batman black panther wakanda forever doctor strange in the multiverse of madness or thor love and thunder
1: and i voted for thor love and thunder and everybody was yelling at me that it's hot garbage and i said no i enjoyed that movie a lot it had jane foster and she's cute it had chris helmsworth and he's fun. also cute yeah exactly chad your choice <laughs> so honestly i was between the batman which i really enjoyed but i ultimately dq'd because it was three hours long and I, oh <laughs> Um, And so I went with my personal favorite. And once again, it's personal opinion on this one. I went with Thor Love and Thunder. I love me some old school GNR. I love that scene. I think that scene with the kids, when they become Thors, that was just the embodiment of what I want out of the MCU. If they're going to market these movies at kids, give them a scene where they have that power. I just, I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. And does it have its flaws? Sure. Is it for everybody? Absolutely not. But uh, I enjoyed the heck of my time during Thor, so
0: God. that's what I went with. It was a good popcorn movie. Mikey? I had to go with the Batman on, on it just because I just think it was just really well done. I don't, I've i realized something about that movie is that I, I love it and I think it's incredibly well done, but I don't see myself going back to it much. Very dour and very serious and very,
2: you know. And, and, so, and dark, half the movie you can't yeah,
0: see. Well, yeah, I mean, it's Batman, so that that kind of, you know, that makes sense. The Black Adam movie was a really good Justice Society movie. Or a really good Justice Society TV show. Yeah. Yeah. Wish,
1: yeah. T V like show I, I could go with.
0: Yeah. Like, I'm still of two minds about that whole mess. JA?
2: Well, I went with the eventual winner, which was the Batman at 62%, (laughs) Thor, Love and Thunder coming in dead last at only 10%. It's not
1: aging well, is it? Like it was, people were like okay with it right after it came out. But like now people are like,
2: It feels like the the, the worm is turning on the whole MCU a bit. Yeah, I've noticed that as well. Uh, One thing that the worm's not gonna turn on is our fifth and final poll. So
1: what was that?
2: the best new god not named orion or Darkseid, because i figured that was too easy so i wanted to get some other new gods some love and attention didn't matter only two of them got any kind of votes so we had mr (laughs) miracle big barda granny goodness or decide nobody voted for decide no way likes exactly
1: Desaad. you know why that didn't work for you you didn't
0: put funky flashman you want to put funky flashman
1: excelsior
2: no. no
0: well he's a he's a character from he's a character or uh you could have put bug light oh. ray
2: shut up light ray <laughs> no one likes light ray light race
1: He's going to put Forager down What's the, like dude, the, the,
2: the guy who's uh, The skis in the sky Black, racer. Black, Black racer. racer
1: No, nobody <laughs> loves skis Skis are never cool well, Who won? It was Big Barda and it was
2: it, it was, was Big My- Barda and Mr. Miracle And Mr. Miracle edged out Big Barda Probably the only time that Big Barda Didn't win something <laughs> Big Barbara <laughs> That was great.
1: Well, that's a recap of the polls uh, over the last couple of weeks. Make sure that you're going out to uh, Last Comic Shop on Twitter every single week. J.A. is nice enough to put out another weekly poll, and you can vote on them so that you can listen to these shows in future and feel invested in the results. Coming up next, we hope you're invested in our comic book review. It is X-Men Teen Titans... when 20-something Madison is zapped into old-time radio shows. No technology.
2: Uh, Ugh, I want to go to voicemail.
1: No Starbucks.
2: Don't call yourself a coffee shop if you only sell drip coffee.
1: And no one is PC. I don't need no lip from... Were you
2: about to say Woman. Because I'm wearing a gun and I have no idea how to use it.
1: Madison on the Air serves to highlight the way we were and the way we are today with original radio drama scripts adapted to include the modern-day Madison as she joins famous characters from radio's past, including Sergeant Joe Friday. Just the facts, ma'am. I've never actually said that. Marshal Matt Dillon. We're not having a shootout with a 10-year-old kid. I'm too woke to be a part of this. Superman.
0: I didn't realize how cold it would be
2: flying like this.
1: I have to get into the higher atmosphere. And many more. Visit us on the web at madisonontheair.com or find us pretty much any place podcasts can be found.
2: You talk so old-timey. I have no idea what you said, but it's adorbs.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with, what I mentioned at the top, one of my favorite stories of all time. Marvel and DC presents X-Men and Teen Titans. So let's start with J.A. Scott. Can you tell us the who's-its? And then Andy's going to give us the what's-its. And then Mikey's going to give us the whys it.
2: <laughs> right. All right. So uh, this... Marvel-DC crossover is heavy on the Marvel side. Chris Claremont was the scripter with Walt Simonson pencils. Terry Austin inks. Terry Austin inks, Andrew. Oh. Terry Austin inks. <laughs> Tom Orszakowski was the letterer. Glynis Wine and Rick Taylor did the colors. Louise Jones, the editing. Jim Shooter was the editor-in-chief, of course, at Marvel at the time. Len Wine, a contributing editor. And then... You got a nice little thing here at the bottom, which I hadn't seen before. They do this now, but this is nice that they did this back in the '80s. New X-Men created by Len Wein and Dave Cochran. The new Teen Titans created by Marv Wolfman and George Perez. So you get some uh, creator credits.
1: Very cool. Before we get into the ten cent synopsis, Mikey, do you want to tell us about the wisets?
0: So really, the reason this was done was for money. Um, that, that's really. That's honest. That, yeah, that's the truth. Somebody uh, saw the potential in making money in a in a joint crossover. Chris Claremont and, and Marvel Wolfman kind of discussed it because both titles were extremely popular at the time. Right. and, um, and both yeah. po-
1: both titles are very similar. They were kind of like
0: sister books, almost like they were. were, Yeah, they were written like uh, that. Was just the heyday of those characters. Like, like when I think of the X Men or when I think of the Teen Titans, those are the lineups that I think of.
1: Interesting little tidbit about this: originally, it wasn't going to be X Men Teen Titans; it was going to be X Men Legion of Superheroes Mm -hmm. with Dave Cockrum. But then Teen Titans was the new fresh hotness, and so Jim Shooter and I think it was Dick Giordano. But they decided to go with the hot hand. They Mm -hmm. wanted the two hottest books on the market at the time. And so that was not Legion at that point. Teen Titans had surpassed them. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, this wasn't supposed to be the only book. There was supposed to be a second book that was released. And that's why this is a little bit Marvel heavy. Because this was the Mm -hmm. Marvel version. Just like, again, if you go back in in earlier, there was actually both a DC version of Superman, Spider-Man, and a Marvel Mm -hmm. version of Superman, Spider-Man, with totally different stories. And they were supposed to do something similar to that, but best lay plans. There you go. So, Andy, why don't you give us the uh, $0.10 synopsis for what we did get, which was the Marvel-produced X-Men team. Right. And this is actually, I need a little bit of help with some of it. Because the beginning and the end always confuses me. It starts off with Darkseid and Metron. Metron is, I don't know, the guy in the chair. He goes and he wants mm-hmm. to have all the knowledge of the universe and explore everything. And he wants to get past the source wall. If you know in DC, the source wall is this thing that exists out there and it's like the edge of the universe. Like nobody can go past it. And so Metron's like, I gotta know. And, and, mm-hmm. and Darkseid's like, here, here's the MacGuffin. Go take it. And he disappears. And Darkseid's like, ma ha ha, I have this other thing now. And he decides he's gonna turn Earth into a new apocalypse, which is a fairly run-of-the-mill Darkseid plan. But he's gonna do that by bringing back the Dark Phoenix. And so he goes and he tries to kidnap the X-Men so he can use this mind thing to bring back the Dark Phoenix's essence and then use it to blow up whole right in the middle of the earth. Yeah, he's sucking up energy from their minds and energy mm-hmm. from places Phoenix has been. <sighs> so weak. And so long story short, you know this gets the attention of the Teen Titans, who then come to kind of work with the X Men, and the two of them, you know, and Slade is in the whole thing. Like I don't, I guess Slade was also the new hotness. He was, the, yeah.
0: This was '82. So
1: they just worked him in. Like that's my one caveat. I'm like, I don't know why Slade's in this. Like I don't think it's it's necessary. You're are they, are thinking th- get too hard. It's a crossover. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yes. In any case, at the end of the day, though, they're all saved by the power of love, I think. Yeah, maybe. Maybe, basically. Maybe. It's either love or revenge. And it's passion, I don't know. Like She just takes dark side and makes him a part of the source wall. Going into my initial thoughts is I really love this book. Like, don't get me wrong, from the beginning of this outset, <sighs> this is comic books to me. These are the comic books I remember. These are the comic books I love. It's all in one issue. It's a great story from beginning to end, and it's got tremendous art. I may say on time and time again that I'm a fan of Walt Simonson's art. I'm a fan of John Byrne's art. But no, you know who I'm a fan of when it comes to art? That is Terry Austin. Terry Austin can take somebody's gorgeous work and make it. Incredible. And he does it with Walt Simonson here. At times, I had a hard time not thinking this was John Byrne because it looks so much like John Byrne's X Men. And it's because Terry Austin's doing the ink. So I love art from beginning to end. Story wise, uh, somebody else can jump in. Chad. Story wise, who cares? (laughs) This is the best story (laughs) because it doesn't care it drops you in and the team titans live in new york and the x-men live in new york and it's all the same new york and it's always been the same new york they just haven't interacted to this point like cyborg is swinging by and he's like yeah x-men busted that up maybe we should interact with that team at some point and (laughs) fight those bad guys it's awesome i remember we did our review of george perez and kurt Busick's jla avengers crossover And my biggest complaint was they spent so much time trying to justify the crossover that they didn't take advantage of what you really want in these big events. You want the characters to smash up? You want big action scenes? And does it have to make sense? It doesn't. It just has to be awesome. Yeah. And this storyline, man, oh man, you get everything you want out of a crossover. First and foremost, in terms of establishing who the characters are, you don't get better than Chris Claremont and those opening training sequences in the danger room where you're introduced to Wolverine and Nightcrawler and Colossus working together. And then they zoom out a little bit. You get Cyclops and storm that are upstairs and Kitty's coming in and she made dinner. And it's like you get the perfect encapsulation of the X-Men and who they are and what they're about. And then you shift over to the Teen Titans and Claremont does a great job handling them too. And whether it's, you know, the way that Starfire interacts with people and, you know, she's smooching people left and right and, you know, you get Raven. Claremont, I think, does a better job with Raven than even Marv Wolfman. And then... They throw in Slade. Why do they throw in Slade? Who cares? They threw in the Terminator because he is awesome. And not Mm -hmm. only does he handle the Titans and Shawn Michaels super kicks Robin in the face, but then he goes and takes out the X-Men and Colossus is running towards him and you get that four panel grid of, oh, you got this big, tough armored metal guy? There he goes. Yeah. And then... The Titans fight the X Men, and then they're like, wait, we shouldn't fight anymore. Then they go into a giant spinny thing where they're taking all their memories, and that's awesome too, and that doesn't make a lick of sense, and who (laughs) cares? And Uh, yeah, uh, and Darkseid and Dark Phoenix, and I'm talking a lot. JJ,
2: what are your thoughts? it's just fun and there's no consequences to it so you don't have to worry about continuity which is a thing when you're reading a classic x-men book you're like oh shoot i've got to go read 500 issues before this point so i understand what chris claremont was bacon you don't need to understand what chris claremont's bacon you get it all it's like you went to the annie ann's and you already got the pretzel you don't have to watch him make it <laughs> Yeah, yeah. that's true. And the stuff you
1: don't know, he gives you the breadcrumbs that you can pick it up in this one issue. All the Dark Phoenix stuff. Like, they handle all those humane moments like with the parents. Like, why would we have to go through this all over again? We've already
2: grieved. And, oh, oh man. I loved when Changeling turned into a giant lock.
1: <laughs> Wasn't that the best?
2: And Colossus is just off to the side. Like, I
1: thought that was our thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. This is the bar by which all crossovers are measured by i really think it is and I, I don't think it's ever gotten really any better than i really don't i really don't think there's ever been an intercompany crossover that's been this good i don't think um, it can get any better like it depends on where you are with Claremont. claremont does his thing where everybody talks a lot and says a lot of words that people don't actually really say like flaming and bub <laughs> and shit like that because people don't actually talk that way they do in chris claremont books and that's fine because he can't say what he really wants them to say but the character voices all sound like they should I, i'm sure he got notes and stuff from wine on the titans and things like that but uh even they sound right you know they sound right. and none of them sound like each other either right. it's like they don't sound derivative like they all all sound unique and they all sound, and that's a hard thing to juggle when you have It's just when Robin is like, you
1: know. Breaking and entering and assault are crimes, Titans crimes That's right. that we've just committed.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know that is a kid who was raised by Batman. You know that that is. That, but no, honestly, I don't think I don't think it's ever gotten any better than this. And that that opening shot of the the Source Wall with the with Titans the in it, the Promethean gods. Yeah, the Promethean gods. Yeah, like I'm neck deep in new gods right now. Like I'm really into the new, and I have no idea what the Source Wall is. Like I don't know, I don't know. It's a wall, and it's the source. You know? <laughs> Kirby was out of his goddamn mind. I have no idea. I've got some secret shames with some of my secret
1: beefs in this book. I have two. They're very minor beefs. uh, One of them was the fact that, and it bothers me with not only this book, but any of the crossovers between DC and Marvel, is the fact that these characters exist in the same universe. Like, that always bothers me. That's always one thing I'm like, oh, come on, like, this doesn't happen, like, this must... And so I have to take that little pill that's like, okay, this is some sort of mirror universe, which they actually do exist, that I... I'm not really reading my 616, I'm not really reading my DC continent, it's like some pocket universe somewhere, because it bothers me. What bothers you about it, though?
0: Well, it's just simply because... If they existed in the same universe, why haven't they interacted more often? Well, for the same reason, like the Avengers, the X Men, the Champions, the, the the they they're all in New York City. The, the Champions are, are in Los Angeles. Angeles or, oh, damn I guess it. that's true. But you don't see them like swinging around in the background of other people's books. Just well, of, like, that's
1: wrong. That that's incorrect too.
0: <laughs> and to correct you. These groups did
1: interact. It was just off screen in Starfire's home world. That's right. She was sold into slavery. And they interact in this book. <laughs> uh, yeah, they just bring it up here. They just uh, have yeah, a Yeah, I don't, think, I, it I don't wasn't think any just of that this is. Book. It was like when we read Superman, Spider-Man, the fact that they existed. Spider-Man's like, yeah, I'm going to finally talk about the fact I hung out with Superman before. And I'm gonna yeah. like yeah we get that but that happened like a thousand years ago and you don't
0: talk about it ever you talk about the
1: fantastic four all the time yeah but those are terrible so <laughs> <it's okay. laughs> the other thing that i had beef with was i didn't get the end and so hopefully you guys can kind of help me out it starts with the fact that when dark phoenix gets really pissed at dark she fires like oh i'm gonna have this massive revenge and you know she's pissed and dark just standing there with hands behind his back like he's like cool as hell like yeah this ain't gonna do nothing and he gets like totally murdered like i, I think dark side would have been like okay whoa what's going on but the last part returns in a part of the source wall yeah i don't get that all right here's like, what you need to get <laughs> one dark side Kubris. he thinks he's the toughest uh guy around he hasn't met the dark phoenix dark phoenix the power of a god the humanity of gene gray can't exist in either realm and she uses her power to send dark side into the source wall nobody knows what the hell that is but now he's a big head over there crossover done! Hey,
2: well, why, why? later on dark side comes back like what yeah, is? of course happening? of course he comes back he's gonna he come back on back. eastern island with the rest of the heads oh come on it's comic book somebody brought him back off screen but for the, I, the, 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 the but. question is what happens to slade he he misses hitting uh Wolverine upside the head with a with a staff and then he gets blasted by Cyclops and then he's for all intents and purposes doesn't show up for the rest of the book.
1: I do want to point out the fact that this is kind of where I thought I started to think that like Slade was being made out to be like the unstoppable greatest ninja, greatest assassin, greatest whatever because like the fact that he takes out like the X-Men so easily well, he like, is. Well, yeah, and he this is. is like his second appearance. This is you're building this guy up. Ugh. Yeah,
0: like he was Pump in the sec- his tires. Mm. Yeah, he was in like the second issue of of Teen Titans, which is one of the two that I don't have. So if anybody has one, no. yeah, I mean he was their main guy. He was their main enemy at that point. I mean they had to have a little something for the Teen Titans fans. I mean, did was he out of place? He was sort of out of place, but he was their their big baddie at the time. Yeah, and he's Darkseid's humanity liaison. Well, yeah i you need I, one of those I, no i i
1: get it i get it but at the same time i don't like i uh, you're gonna hire a guy who knows well, all the X-Men, best restaurants well, are x-men fight magneto you're saying magneto and slade are on the same level mm. no no that's Never. why darks i didn't hire magneto <laughs> slade is a mercenary for hire right it makes perfect sense me up ja come on to get dispatched like that
2: please No, he's like sort of you know the the dc saber tooth meets deadpool guy
1: Ah, i'm on an island here all you guys i i still love this book i'm just nitpicking i will say too we you brought up earlier the terry austin inks for years i have loved this book it did not register in my brain that this was drawn by the same guy who did thor it did not register in my brain. That this was the same guy that drew X factor just because Terry Austin puts so much of his own spin, his own panache over top of the Walt Simonson art. I can see the Simonson art when I look for it, but at the same time that Terry Austin finish, oh, he might be one of the best. <laughs> like, it's I'm hard pressed to think of another artist who's had such an impact over top of so many other greats. Like how can you think of anyone else who's been able to take so many big name artists, whether it's Perez, whether it's Byrne, uh, whether it's Simonson? He takes their art and he elevates it. These are guys at the top of the heap and he elevates it even further. Yeah, he's he's got to be number one. I mean, the, there's a couple that I think of when I think of really, really solid inkers. What, uh, what Joe Sinnott, I always think about him in the, the old days. And, and Klaus Jansen, I think is yeah. a really excellent inker. But yeah, like Terry Austin, it looks like John Byrne. It looks, but it's not, it's because- it's John Byrne via Walt Simonson. Exactly, and it's, and it's because yeah. there is one thing connecting them and it's Terry Austin. How awesome he is, any case. What's also awesome is the fact that we've got uh, ratings and they're coming up right after these messages, so stay tuned. Mm. As good as John Byrne is considered, I, I don't think there's anybody out there that's gonna argue it's not better when Terry Austin inks him. Do your hobbies include comic books, movies, television, and or video games? Are you always behind with the latest news in the world of nerd? Well, look no further than the Oblivion bar. A nerd culture podcast. Oh, great Scott! Hosted by Chris Hacker and Aaron Knowles, the Oblivion Bar offers a weekly review of all the latest breaking news, in-depth discussions far beyond whether Han shot first, <laughs> and newsletter section where you, the listener, send in your questions to be answered live on the show. New episodes every Monday, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts.
2: I am just so, so freaking excited!
1: You can also find us on Twitter. At Oblivion Bar Pod, come join us at the Oblivion Bar Podcast. Hope to see you there. You ever wondered what comics Mark from Veil vale is into? What Zach from Left Behind's favorite MCU movies are? Well, Metalcore Nerds is the show for you. My name is Sean Moth, and here at Metalcore Nerds, we cover the latest things in pop culture, whether it be Star Wars, Marvel, DC, AEW, and everything else in between. You can listen to the show every Monday on Adobe Howl at 7 p.m. Eastern, or find it anywhere you find podcasts after it debuts on the radio station all right gang we are back at the last comic shop and it is time for us to give the ratings for marvel and dc present the uncanny x-men and the new teen titans ja you provide our rating scale on a weekly basis
2: what's it going to be this time well you know i used to live in china they had the great wall this has the source wall so it's one out of four source walls. Because <laughs> it, it was a weird part of the book that kind of made sense, kind of didn't. It, right. And then at some point, Dark Side's a part of the source wall. It Causes looks all like the, the Castle problems. Grayskull.
1: I'm hard pressed to think of times I've heard about the source wall other than this book and what? It, Infinite Crisis. Superboy Prime punches a hole in the source wall, and that's. Like, and it was the New Gods, too. It was in New Gods. Too, it New Gods it was. Like, it like was. There was world, one issue the where Metron stuff. goes out there and is like, oh, look at this stuff. All right, so Andy, why don't you start us off then? Give us your your rating. All right, well, you know, I I might have nitpicked And so as a result of that uh, I'm not going to give it a full four Because I, I nitpicked a little bit But I love it, I mean, so What's the closest I can get to a four without giving it a four? That's a 3.95. Oh, Chad hates it dude. when I do 3.95. So much. But there's just that little, little bit that I'm like, mm, I don't like stroke in this. Slade is... Eh. And then there's like that ending, which I don't understand with like Metron comes back and he's like, now I know how this is. Is it like the dark Phoenix put everybody on the source wall? Is that what he learned? I, I don't get it, but read this book for no other reason. than it is at the washhead, the high water point of both of these teams. Like this is to Mikey's point, the best of the X-Men. This is the best of the new teen Titans. This is at the height of their powers. And they join forces like Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage, and boom, mega powers exploded all over the place. It's great. Uh, and it's got Terry Austin X. All right. You mentioned Mega Mikey. Of the mega powers, what are you thinking there, Mister Mikey Wood?
0: Uh, man, it's four. It's it is. It's four. It's four. The fun thing about this one is two kids is that it's not very expensive. It's not a pricey uh, back issue to get. You you can yeah. you know t- for t- reasons t- I don't understand. Yeah, it's like ten bucks or something. You know, maybe um, it's very affordable. Yeah, so go out and grab it and read it. And remember, it was 1982, so things were a little different back then. But yeah, man, it's it's just cool. It, it is a wonderful introduction to both teams if you're not familiar with either of them. And a, a little sprinkling of the New God stuff if you're not familiar with that either, you know.
2: All right, very cool. Right. Uh, J.A., what is your rating? Yeah, I was on the fence, whether I'd give it a 3.75 or a 4, but I can't really find a reason to dock it anything. It's a fun book. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to dock it because I'm nitpicking. <laughs> That's because you got no guts. I would have to give it a 375 because it's too happy. I mean, everything wraps up nicely at the end, as you would expect. And mm. they're playing with Dark Phoenix, which, you know, she just killed like a universe or destroyed planets. And and and, and now she's suddenly back. And this is before the whole Madeline Pryor thing. Oh, so yeah i guess cyclops hasn't become a complete dick yet yeah (laughs) he's such a great leader did you see him calmly redirect cyborg when he's calling
1: him one eye he's like and we have names cyborg i'd appreciate it if you use (laughs) them yeah yeah (laughs) so a 3.75 huh
2: I, i mean i would be giving that just because i don't think it's a four i mean if this is the problem when you start the year with Mr. Miracle. This is not on the same level as that Mr. Miracle book. So, Chad, you've ruined this year for me. You've ruined it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. There's too much good stuff. Oh, he's got recency bias. All right. So you're, you're sticking with the 375 in I'm your heart. i sticking with, with is the 375.
2: Yeah, oh. it's because it, it's the Marvel guys doing everything – there is a lot more Marvel than DC. I wanted a yeah. bit Teen Titaness yeah. in it. There we go. There's an actual legitimate criticism to knock it down a bit. It's not there's not enough Teen Titaness. There you go. Yeah.
1: 375. It has been noted and recorded in the official logs. And I will also record the correct answer, which is a four. <laughs> <laughs> this not <laughs> a five. This is everything you want. Hold on, wait. 3.95. Uh, <laughs> yours was a 3.75. So <laughs> no, mine no. is going to be a 4.30. <laughs> a 4.3 to correct the errors that have been made in judgment. Because this <laughs> is the best of the crossovers. This is the roadmap that all crossovers can follow. Because as Mikey Wood was alluding to, you could give this book to anyone. You can give this book to a fan of the X-Men. They'll learn to love the Titans. You can give this book to the Titans. And I think the Titans got a fair enough shake. They got their big bad guy in addition to the DC Universe bad guy, Darkseid. And keep in mind, this is 1982. Mm -hmm. They're pumping both the tires of Darkseid and Deathstroke and treating Dark Phoenix in a respectful way. Like, Mm -hmm. they are respecting so much here and elevating everything by putting some of the best people in comics on this book. And like I said, Mm -hmm. this beats any other crossover I've read in terms of meeting the characters where they are. And it gets the edge over Spider-Man Superman simply because Spider-Man and Superman are such a mismatch, right? the X-Men and the Titans, they merge almost immediately once they decide to team up, and they become one unit, and they're working together, and Cyclops is barking out orders and Robin's strategizing, and everybody is playing to their own strengths, and you have those intercharacter character relations with Kitty and Gar, uh, you know, and Starfire laying the smooch on Colossus because that's how she learns the language. There's just so mm. much fun to be had. This is just, it's everything you you should want in a crossover. It's everything I want in a comic book. And it's Chris Claremont at his best. It's Walt Simonson, who I'm assuming is doing a pretty good job because I love Walt Simonson. But it's Terry Austin on top. And oh, man, it is beautiful. It is wonderful. I I just, I can't sing the praises of this book enough. And I I was lucky enough to get this book before I had read the Dark Phoenix Saga. I read this book before I had even read a lot of the Teen Titans books. It's such a great entry point. And reading it again after knowing about Inner Gang and Parademons and Darkseid, guess what, gang? It's even better. Mm-hmm. This book is fantastic. It's 4.30. <laughs> yes! <laughs> To correct yes. all that came before <laughs> I Well don't he care. does keep
0: track of the numbers so. I don't care if Robin is Colossus's roommate and they never mention it. Right. Think about how many times Reed Richards Has another college roommate they just brought up Oh, I've, 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 I've blue. Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all of
1: blue Alright Well in today's program we're going to do a little bit Something different than recommendations As you might have guessed It was the new year just a couple weeks ago And so we haven't been had an opportunity To do our new year's resolutions Yes, our comic book New Year's resolutions. Mm. Each of us have picked something from the realm of comic books that we have pledged to do in 2023. So uh, we're going to go ahead and start off with J.A. Scott. So J.A., what is your New Year's resolution comic book-wise in 2023?
2: So my New Year's comic book resolution is to finally finish Dawn of X, which I've been reading for the last two years (laughs) off and on. And this is 14 trades so it's a lot Each trade is what Five issues six issues of the X-Men and all the X-Books The The Marauders the the X-Force Yeah yeah, the Wolverine uh, Hellions Yeah all those books This is the whole Hickman X So I am resolving to not only Finish Dawn of X I'm halfway through that But then read all 14 trades of Reign of X Which is the next series which sets up for the last one which is fall of x oh the rain of x is there a lot of wolfsbane (sighs) in that
1: one (laughs) i
2: I don't know i don't know i've got to get through dawn of x before i could get the rain of x
1: jeez i told you at the start of the hickman when we were at hawks and pox (laughs) you're gonna be in for a bajillion issues it's it's, it's a lot
2: it's a lot
1: well, hopefully they stick the landing. That's all I got to say about that. Chad, what's your New Year's resolution? Okay, so I'm, I'm going to overshare. Christmas Eve, we had a, a pipe burst in my house, like many other places, and it flooded into the basement there. And so, currently, all of my vast comic collection is being packaged up and being dealt with by insurance folks. Thankfully, up to this point, knock on wood, uh, no major damage that I know of has come to the comic collection, but it's just unavailable to me. And so I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know what's going on. But for my resolution this year, I'm going digital. I subscribed to the Marvel Unlimited. Uh, I got a subscription cooking for the DC Infinite. And so I'm going to be reading a lot more on the old uh, iPad there. All right. And so mm. I'm embracing the digital revolution of comics. And that way... I can carry it all with me,
2: and it's not in a box somewhere, and we'll see how that goes. J.A. I have a question for you, and maybe something you can experiment with. I know they do it in Comixology. I assume Marvel Unlimited and the DC have a certain thing like this, where instead of going page by page, you can go sort of panel by panel. Oh, yes, I hate that. That was going to be my question. Came yeah,
1: that a shot before. Not a fan. But you know what is really cool? And I've already uh, read a couple of series with this. On Marvel, they have their Infinite comics. A few weeks back, we spoke with Kelly Thompson. The reason I bring her name up is she has a Marvel Infinite book. And the way those work, it's, it's like unspooling a roll of paper towels. Where it just starts with a panel at the top, and then you just scroll down, and it keeps going and going and going and going. Wow. Um, but the one I read, uh, I, uh, like seven or eight issues, was It's Jeff, which is her shark character. It's this little cutesy shark that's, you know, palling around with the superheroes. Uh, it's so cute and fun. Uh, and there are a ton of other Marvel Infinite books. It's a, a new version of the form that uh, I'm excited to give more attention to. Well, there you go. Mikey, your New
0: Year's resolution. <clears throat> well, my New Year's resolution is to read all this shit I've been buying. Yeah. Um... <laughs> Like, you guys know, for the past, I don't know, not quite year, maybe six months or so, I've been like, crossover crazy! DC crossover events, buying every single tie-in issue that has to do with the story. So I have to get through, like, all of it. Like, I, you know, I've, I've got uh, Forever Evil, and uh, Infinite Crisis, and Final Crisis, and Dark Knight's Metal, and Dark Knight's Death Metal. Like, all these things that I missed out on that I didn't read while they were coming out, I have them now. Short of any kind of like one book that's stupid expensive for some reason. And I'll read that <laughs> digitally. And I'm putting them in chronological order based on comparisons of like I'm doing a lot of work, a lot of research in this. And I think also by decree of my beautiful life partner, Cheryl, I need to step back on the actual physical books because uh, I can't afford a new house to build <laughs> onto or to build onto this house to hold my comics. So I think I'm going to go to the digital realm as well. And we'll see. I, yeah, I've, I've decided to to tap myself off at 13,500 comics and i'm about 200 away from that oh my god so <laughs> you could always drop books in order to happen i right
1: i could the I space could. is finite yeah. but you could remove that yeah
0: i have a couple of key things that like i do want to get new teen titans number one i do want to get new teen titans number two someday but other than that i'm sort of like tinkering away from from things curation
2: the word is curation
0: yes yes <laughs> yes
1: Well for my new year's resolution i'm kind of going in the opposite direction from mikey and Mm. chad after many many years of kind of paring down my collection to just digital i've decided to embrace the physical Mm. that's right it comes at a point in my life where i've actually got two young kids that love digging through dollar boxes yes my two young kids have finally come of age where they're looking for all kinds of stuff, whether it's Spider-Man or Fantastic Four or Conan the Barbarian or whatever they can find, Simpsons. So they love going and looking through these boxes and it's kind of ignited that love of just looking through boxes and finding treasures. And so one of the things I'll be doing this year is completing my collection of 2001 by Jack Kirby. That means getting 2001 issue eight, which is the first appearance of Machine Man. That's kind of a pricey issue, but I'm hoping to still get it for a good price. But the other thing I'm going to be looking for is trying to get the original 80 issues of Nexus by Mike Barron and Steve Rude, because that was a tremendous series, and I've got a lot of the original ones. I found them in 50-cent boxes. I got one in a 50-cent box. I got two in a 50-cent box. I got three, four, and five all in 50-cent boxes. So I think I'm well on my way to getting a nice collection of Nexus that superhero slash science fiction that i love with that great steve rude art steve the dude steve the dude so yeah that's my new year's resolution as well as the fact that we will before the end of the year read my favorite comic book crossover which is the incredible
0: hulk and batman trying to save it for when we maybe do the live stream for the cure later on this year can we can we do a, a crossover month because i have a favorite crossover Which one's yours? Planet of the Apes Tarzan. Seriously, I'm not not joking. It's really, really good. It's better than it has a right to be. It's really, really
1: good. Well, if you want to hear all of these upcoming episodes, make sure that you're getting out to our website, www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com. It's a terrific place where you can find all of our episodes, including some of the ones we talked about today, like Justice League and Avengers, or Mr. Miracle, or New Gods. We actually did Jack Kirby's original run, although Chad says we should have read them all in order with all the rest of the fourth world. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah.
0: Any That's case, the omnibus I have in my house. <laughs> Man, I, I'm doing that now. And those Jimmy Olsen books are hard to get through. Holy crap. <laughs> But anyway. <laughs>
1: anyway.
0: But if you're looking for bags, boards, boxes, all kinds of stuff to keep your
1: comic book collection looking fresh, make sure you're getting out to bcwsupplies.com. It's a terrific place where you can find all of that stuff. Right? And you want to use the promo code Pod. So you not only get 10% off on your order, but they know we've got people out there listening, paying attention and buying stuff on our behalf. Yeah, exactly. Every little bit of helps to keep bringing these great podcasts and these great comic book reviews to you. And you can also find us out on the social medias out there. We are at last comic shop twitter if that's still there on instagram uh hive i did Hive for a little bit and then <laughs> and then i stopped and then who knows if hive is going to happen but i heard fetch is a thing out there i don't fetch. know if we're ever going to make fetch happen but just look for Atlas comic shop or you can always go back to the home base at www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com where not only can you find links to our socials you can also find
2: what else J. A that's right we've got links to our merch store uh, crossover events this week so you can get a last comic shop t-shirt which is also crossed over with i guess it's just crossed over with the last comic shop t-shirt but kind of- <laughs> get another podcast shirt and sew it onto the back i no, no no i've got it you get a white one you get a red one you throw them in the laundry crossover <laughs>
1: Nice. Uh, pink one. Pink, well, you pink. know, we've been talking to Nellie about the new guys. You can't get the Kirby Crackle one. Looks wonderful on um, Travel Mug. Bam. you got to get that Kirby Crackle. And, hey, J.A., I think you're still talking about it. Uh, are we going to have a special shirt for St. Patty's Day in a couple yes.
2: weeks? We're going to have a St. Patty's Day. Patty, not Patty patty with a d t-shirt special
1: yes so make sure that you're looking for that in the month of february because you want to get it well before you're too
0: drunk to remember that it's you like bought it. like our own little version of a shamrock shake like <laughs> mm, minty you know, that's right <laughs> any case
1: uh, that's gonna do it for the show this week we didn't have recommendations make sure you're still out there even if you are going digital like me and mikey make sure you're still supporting your local comic shops Uh, Where you can find things like X-Men Teen Titans uh, Which is still very affordable Mikey brought that up earlier It's a wonderful book Make sure you check out uh, Those 50 cent dollar bins
2: Like Andy Commissioning Andrew In his 50 cent dollar bin store He's picking me up The Unity crossover Uh... Get those uh, for like fifty cents to a dollar. Expensive. It's cheaper than actual omnibuses. That's bound to be a great
1: story when you get to it. <laughs> Along with oh, that, shit. Donna X you've pledged to read. Right. As well. Keep us informed about how that's going. How many yes. teeth full in there? Yep. Any case, we hope that you don't pull any teeth coming back to the last comic shop because we're always pleasant to be around. I'm the host of the most, Andy Larson, is joined by Chad Smith, Jay Scott, and the wonderful Mikey Wood. And until next week, stay safe, stay warm, and remember. If your New Year's resolution is to lose a little of that holiday weight, just turn into a snowman, because those pounds just melt off. Oh, (laughs) Oh,
0: God. That's a Claremont joke right there. That's a Chris Claremont. There you go. because saving the universe is thirsty work. (laughs) I
1: thought Alan's oop was a real term (laughs) for the longest time.
0: was a 2023 Black Anders production.